Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. folks, Dan Bird here on Sunday, September 24th. Mike Zuber has a family event today, so I'll be doing this on my own. Um, let's talk about, I'll, I'll do two videos today. The first one is going to be just about the market, where it's come from last week and where it might be heading. And the second one will be a review of uh, some of the portfolio, the portfolio that I created to test out a theory of uh, finding stock opportunities. We'll see how that went. And of course it wasn't the best time to start that, but but we'll take a look at it. And then secondly, we'll just look at some of the other um, major stocks out there in the market and see what they're doing. So the first one, let me share my screen. And for those that are interested in getting my newsletter, um, just go to breakpointtrading.net and sign up for the free newsletter. It's a two-step process. You register your email and then you have to you have to subscribe to the free newsletter. There are three subscription options in there. Two of them are paid subscriptions. One of them is a free subscription, but you still do have to subscribe in order to get to the newsletter. But there's no charge for that and we don't ask for a credit card or anything like that. It's just uh, basically subscribing to the free newsletter. There's a couple of cartoons that I put in there this week, especially this one, don't panic. We're just about bottomed out. We'll take a look at that and see if that's true. Had a, actually a few emails from folks saying, what's going on with the market? Doesn't look very good. One person said, can you please tell me when it's gonna stop going down? Nobody knows, of course, but we'll take a look at that and uh, see what we might be able to figure out. Let me go real quick to my website. So this is what the website looks like, the front page. You don't need a subscription for the front page. It'll show you the investor's business daily status as that changes. The last change was on September 20th. They changed it to a down arrow market correction. And then uh, there are some charts here that are available. And again, there's no subscription needed for this home page, either the home page or the books page. There's no subscription needed. Um, so on this particular page, you can look at the S&P chart, for instance. Let me log in to stock charts. It'll make it easier. It'll look better, at least. You don't need a subscription to stock charts, actually, in order to use this, but you'll get ads and that type of thing. So if you do have a subscription, you won't get the ads, but you don't need a subscription in order to get these charts. So this is what the S&P look like, looks like. I've talked about for a while now, I've talked about a potential head and shoulders pattern. And look where we are. We are right at the neckline. And Friday we went below the neckline and went right down to this Fibonacci level, which is at 4,300. I had talked way back here that 4,300 is a, probably a potential next target. And that 4,200 is also likely, that's actually where the 50% Fibonacci level is. The 200 day moving average is 
at 4,190. So let's call that 4,200 as well, because that's that's a rising moving average. So 4,200 is probably where it's heading. It could actually go lower than that. If we, if we take the target of uh, this head and the, the neckline, so the way you figure out a head and shoulders is you take the, the head up here and the neckline, figure out the di difference. Right now it's about 4,600 to let's say 4,300. So that puts us down around 4,000 or really 4,100, I think is the likely area. That's a 61% Fibonacci retracement. So it's very possible we could get to 4,100. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that the market is crashing? Well, we'll take a look at some other things as well. If you want to look at the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ looks very similar. I've talked about this in the past. Head and shoulders pattern. The support level has been in here for quite a long time. Actually, ever since we went down and touched it down here and started back up again. So we're right back there again. So that's the neckline on this head and shoulders. If that one breaks through, then the target is 12,000 for the NASDAQ. Um, but it could very likely get to the 200-day moving average, which is 12.5, roughly. So, I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. The, the worst time of the year is still with us. It really goes until the first week or two of October. So we probably got another three weeks left, and it could very easily, in a three-week time frame, get down here. You can see what it's done in just the last three weeks. It's gone from the top of this right shoulder all the way down to the neckline. So caution is advised. Absolutely. Um, back up here, we'll take a look at the newsletter. So for the newsletter, if uh, you've registered your email and, and you have subscribed to the free subscription, that's this one right here, no charge, free subscription. You do have to actually subscribe in order to get the newsletter, but there's no charge. for it. And once you're once you've registered and subscribed, you can just click here to get the newsletter. It's uh, PDF format, and uh, then you can just read it like that. Here's the last week's calendar. Last week we had the Fed meeting. That was the big news, and that's what really caused the market to start selling off. What did the Fed talk about? They talked about uh, maybe another uh, rate hike sometime this year, or they're at least keeping that on the table. But more importantly, they said, we will keep rates higher for longer. That was the key takeaway, higher for longer. I'm going to talk about that. I talked about it in the newsletter. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so the other thing that this coming week that we have coming up is GDP. GDP is forecasted to rise slightly, 2.2%. So the economy itself is still in pretty good shape. The um, core PCE, which the Fed really looks at, is about flat. And then Powell speaks again on Thursday. So there's still lots of reasons why the market could continue to sell off. However, it's very oversold right now. So I would not be surprised to see a reaction rally, a relief rally, and have the market go back up briefly. Let's go in here in the charts section, and I'll show you the chart that I mean, the, the higher for longer. Right down here is the 10-year Treasury yield that includes recessions and Fed rates. If you click on that, and by the way, all the charts, all of those charts in there are real-time dynamic charts. So they will update throughout the day as the market changes. But this is a 33-year chart of um, 
Fed rate hikes, uh, Fed rates, makes it a little bit bigger. And a couple of things I want to point out here. First of all, <clears throat> we have not plateaued yet. So the Fed is just now beginning to talk about pausing rate hikes. They said maybe one more this year, but that may be the end of it for this year. Uh, a lot of people are talking about rate cuts. And I think that's part of the reason the market went down is because they were hoping that the Fed might start cutting rates next year. That's not going to say that. They're going to continue to talk tough. They're going to continue to try to talk inflation down if they can. Um, they will plateau and have rates higher for longer. So what does that mean? Well, let's look back historically. First, we'll look back here. Higher for longer is where they, this green dotted line is the rates, Fed rates. So we plateaued right here for about six months. So that's a six month period higher for longer. Then they started cutting and look what happened after they started cutting. I've talked about this many times before. They start cutting and we get a recession. Right here, higher for longer. This is before the financial crisis. Here they kept rates higher for longer for 12 months. By the way, if you the, the red line here is the 10-year uh, treasury. And I wanted to put in the peak, the peak of that 10-year treasury. It took 16 months before the recession. We haven't peaked yet. 16 months here for the recession. This one here, you can look at it at either, either 18 months or six months because it peaked and went down and did a double top at another peak. But even if you're looking at this one, it's six months before the recession. Then we had a, an even higher, higher for longer plateau up here. And this one here was about nine months in length. The peak from the 10-year treasury to the recession is 15 months in this case. Again, notice what happens when the Fed start, starts cutting rates. Four to six months later, we get a recession. This is the one anomaly right here in the 1990s. Now, one thing I put down at the bottom is a secular bear and secular bull markets, which I've always talked about in the past. And you can find this uh, right on the front page of my, of my website. So this is a secular bull back here in the 90s. Fed rate hikes were right about where they are now. But in this case, they kept those rates roughly at that level for three years. So when Powell says higher for longer, initially the market doesn't like that because they, the, they want them to say they're cutting. But higher for longer does not necessarily mean the market is going to uh, crash necessarily. So this was a secular bull market, just like we are in right now, secular bull. Rates stayed high for three years, and then they went down, then they came back up, and actually higher than we are right now. And then they started cutting, and then we had the recession. This was the dot-com crash right here. In every single case of higher for longer, except for this one right here during the dot-com period. Dot-com crash started right here in 2000. But this is where the plateau of rates were. That's the only anomaly right here where the market actually went down 
when we had higher for longer. Three years higher for longer, the market went up. Right here, higher for longer, down here, the market went up. Right here, higher for longer, the market went up. So once the once the market gets used to it, and especially once the, the Fed, you know, levels out, they stop raising rates, then the market will start to look forward to rate cuts. Rate cuts are not necessarily a good thing, though, because every time the, the, the Fed cuts, we get a recession. We are still a long way away from that. I still maintain we will get a rally at the end of this year to all-time highs. I think it will carry over into the first part of January. And then we will start getting signs of a recession. But the, the Fed is still going to keep rates high. I don't see them cutting until maybe next summer. So it's not until next summer or sometime in Q2 if they start to cut rates. And that will be, Q2 will be a, roughly about nine months. So as you can see, nine months is certainly within the realm of possibility for higher, for longer. This one here was a year. They could easily go a year still, but it's not until they start cutting rates that we start the clock for a recession. So we, we could continue, the market could continue higher even into next year. I do think we'll have a recession. I do think the market will sell off as a result of that, like it always does. Uh, but it that's not coming for you know sometime in Q2, Q3 next year, I don't think. Um, anyway, that's my opinion. Uh, let's also take a look at this here. I actually have a better view of this. This is from uh, a site that I subscribe to, which is pretty good. This right here is uh, one that they put out there, and I'm going to show you a larger view of that right here. And on this view, I actually put in the secular bull and bear markets. So this one goes back to 1976. Very similar to the one I just showed you in the sense that it shows you in the black line down here, the Fed funds effective rate. You can see where the plateaus are. You can see this is the three-year plateau right here. Um, you can see where the recessions are, basically just what I showed you before. But the interesting thing about this is you can really see where the secular bear and secular bull markets reside. So during this period here from 1982 until 2001, or two, a little after 2000, we had a secular bull. Secular bear lasted about 12 years. The secular bull, bulls typically last about 18 years. So we've probably got until 2029 to 2030. I think we are going to go up and take out this high. We will continue higher. We're, we're still in a secular bull market, but we will start to plateau right here. And at some point, maybe towards middle to end of 24, is when a recession might start rearing its head. And that's when the, the Fed will start cutting, regardless of what they say now, they'll start cutting. That's my opinion. Um, okay, what else? Let's, uh, let's go back to my newsletter. And um, right here. Um, this was interesting. The GDP now is always higher. So GDP now is still projecting, you know, almost 5% for GDP. Next week is a GDP number at 2.2. It's what they're forecasting. More likely 2.2 is what, what it'll come in at. This is a um, study that I did myself. GDP now, final estimate versus the actual GDP. You can see GDP now is always higher. 
So don't put a lot of stock in that. This is the higher for longer that I just went through. You can read that in the newsletter. I did a detailed study. Uh, this is something that I'm going to probably do each week is put in the for the week what the sectors look like. So S&P is down here. So everything above it are, is outperforming the S&P. You can see technology and communications. Those are two of the aggressive sectors. They were outperforming, but there were a lot of other ones, especially at the top. These are defensive sectors outperforming. And then I'm also going to put in the top 10 and the bottom 10 stocks of the week. This is basic based on uh, percent change. So how much did each of these go up or down for the week? We'll look at a couple of these in the second session today. Um, but you can see just for the week, these are the ones that, uh, this is the S&P and the NASDAQ 100. So you can just look at the sectors, financial, healthcare, financial, healthcare. Technology had one stock that went up last week. All the rest of them were financial and healthcare. So that should tell you something where the market is. By the way, financial usually historically has its best performance in the in Q4. Um, industrials also has their best performance in Q4, but usually doesn't start until end of October, beginning of November, in that time frame. If you're trying to figure out where to start to accumulate or put together a watch list for when the market starts to rally, here are the ones that went down. You can see Lucid, Tesla. Tesla had a bad week. We're going to look at that in the next session. Um, so that'll I'll put that in each week just out of it for interest. These are the head and shoulders that I just talked about. Now, this is um, VectorVest. And one of the things I did on VectorVest, um, this is a really good way to, to kind of time the market. You can't time it perfectly, but you can certainly get the middle 60 to 80% of a trend. Right now, the buy-sell ratio is at 0.15. That is very, very oversold. And the MTI is 0 0.60, very, very oversold. MTI is just a combination of these three indicators, price, relative timing, and buy-sell ratio. Whenever this gets below 0.2 and this gets to 0.6 or lower, that's when the market starts looking for a bottom. That doesn't mean it's bottoming, just means it's starting to look for a bottom. That's one of the reasons I think that we may have a relief rally next week. And then this is what I did. I took um, the chart, market timing chart, went back 10 years and showed where the MTI level was when the market bottomed in each of these cases. Right now, as I showed you, we are at 0 0.60. So we're just at this line right here. 0.38, point, interestingly, 0.36 is where it was in the June bottom. 0.38 is where it was in the October bottom, which is what we're working off of now. 0.21 was the COVID crash. 0.37 was the 2018 market crash. Um, when there was talk about uh, putting tariffs on China. And then this one over here is 2014. The bottom right here is 0.44. So you can see there were a couple of times when it hit 0.6 and there were small little bottoms when that happened as well. We're at 0 0.60 right now. Um, this one here was, I think this one went to 0.58. That was lower than where we are now. So if this gets down to point five, below 0.5, somewhere in that neighborhood, then 
we I think we were starting to look for a bottom. We might actually get a relief rally next week because of a lot of this. I don't expect that to hold, so I wouldn't necessarily be jumping in yet. I think we still have about three weeks left to go before um, before the rally. And then finally, on the S&P uh, and the NASDAQ, these are my Keltner channels. So these shaded areas show the average true range. Average true range is essentially the range that it moves. These are daily charts, the range that a security moves within one day. So the average range. The dark one in the middle is one times. The next level is two times average true range. And the lightest one on the outside is three times average true range. And you can see it when it gets to three times, it can still keep going up or down. But it, if it gets even beyond that, it doesn't stay there very long. That's usually when it will, it will revert to the mean. This is a perfect example right here. Came right back down. This is in um, June, came right back down to the middle, reverted to the mean, came down and went through it and hit the three X down here, went back up, reverted to the mean. And right now we're at three X and not quite touching the bottom yet. So we, and it's below this one. So we still could have a little bit more downside. I think we might get a relief rally, maybe back up to this 21 day moving average. Um, but the 200 day down here, and which is where I put this dotted line, I think is the final level that we have to watch for. If we get down there, I think that's the point where the rally may get started. We'll continue to watch it. I, nobody knows for sure. Same thing with the NASDAQ. NASDAQ is also in the 3X average true range down here. And this is the major support for that 12,200. Um, it's uh, roughly where the head and shoulders target is. And then the 200-day moving average is a little above that. So if we break down here, and we might get a rally before that happens, but if we go up and then back down, I think we're going to be down here in this area. That's where to look for uh, a potential rally into next year. Um, the other chart from the site is this one here. This is a really interesting because it shows you not only where the Fed rates ended up or where they were during these years, but more importantly, the rate of change or the acceleration of the rate hikes. And you can see 2022, the one we're in right now, has the steepest rate of change of any of them. Now, what happened in each of these? 1988, which is this blue line here, it's the, it's the next steepest one. Recession in 91, that's three years. <clears throat> 94, that's the light one, it's the next one over here. Led to a crash in the bond market. 99, preceded 99 is this darker one down here. Preceded the dot-com crash. Now the dot-com crash didn't really happen until 2001. That's two years later. 2004 led to the financial crisis. That's this lightest one. That's right here. This is the one that was the highest uh, prior to this one. 2004 led to the financial crisis. Remember the financial crisis, the market did not start crashing until 2007. 
So three years, three more years. 2015 preceded Eurozone crisis and Fed's taper tantrum. 2015 is this one over here. This is the shallowest rate hikes, but the longest period of time. Um, all of this happened in 2018. So that was, you know, still two to three years later. 2022 is where we are right now. We have not started to plateau yet. Each of these were, were the point where the plateau happened. <clears throat> we have not started to plateau yet. 2022 recession in 24. That could be true, but I think it will be towards the end of 24. Between now and then, we have a good opportunity to make some money and just be prepared when, when all the signs start to point towards a recession next year to get back out again. So that's where I'm at for today and for next week and probably until the end of September, something to watch for. Hope that was uh, useful or interesting. Again, if you're interested in getting my newsletter, um, let's see, what else did I have here? This is a uh, GDP. It, actually, there's another chart here that's interesting. Um, GDP versus GDI, gross domestic income. You can see just gross domestic income usually maps pretty closely with GDP, but ever since the Fed started raising rates, there's a gap here now. So gross domestic income has been declining even as GDP has been increasing. So one of these two things has to catch up. Either income needs to accelerate or GDP is going to come back down. I suspect that both of those things are going to happen. Income will accelerate, but sometime middle of next year, GDP is gonna to start to roll over as well. So just an interesting chart. And uh, this is uh, Fed outlays interest as a percent of GDP. So this is really interesting because there's a, a lot of talk about <clears throat> how much debt there is and the interest on the debt and how it will weigh on economic activity. So this comes from FRED, which is the federal, um, federal St. Louis Fed. There's a website you can go to and get all of these. It's, got a, it's full of all kinds of statistics. But this is um, the interest rate versus GDP as a percent of GDP. So in 1945, obviously, this was World War II. And then in 1980, we had huge inflation. But the so the interest and, and, and interest rates were, were skyrocketing. You actually could see that right here. Here's the 1980 period. There's the Fed rate <clears throat> way, way up here, almost almost 20%, 19 and a half percent was the Fed rate at that time. So if you compare that then to this, it's not surprising that the interest versus GDP is that high as well. And we ended up with a recession in 1991. Then it started to come back down to something more normal. And actually this middle solid line here is the average rate over a long period of time is roughly around 2.0. We're still below that. So we are basically just a little bit above this, the peak over here of 1945. And we're heading towards, now this, this is a little bit delayed, so we're probably a little bit higher than this right now. 
but we're probably right near the median at this point. So it'll be interesting to watch this as well. But again, a lot of talk about, about uh, you know, what the rate hikes are going to do with paying the interest, but there's no sign of that yet. If this continues to go up and gets up to these levels, yes, absolutely. But right now it's, uh, it's within the, the normal range. All right, that's it. That's all I got for this session. Uh, next session, I'll, I'll go through some, uh, some of the different stocks and where they're at. If you're interested in getting my newsletter, just go to breakpointtrading.net and register your email and subscribe to the free $0 subscription. And then you can get in to get the newsletter. Um, I want to thank everyone that I've been sending this out through email, just sending a note reminding people and asking them if they want to stay on the list. And I want to thank folks who have replied. It just takes typing yes in and replying. It, I'm, what I'm going to do is to uh, reduce the my mailing list. So anyone that does not reply, if you've seen it and you don't want to, just don't answer and you'll automatically be taken off. If you want to make sure you you still get reminders and still know that the newsletter's there, I mean, you can always get it on the website now. But if you want the reminders, which I will start sending out, I want to have a much smaller mailing list to send those to. So be sure to reply yes. All right. Thanks, everyone. Um, talk to you uh, soon in the second session. Take care.